0: This week, Father Paul stresses the critical distinction between sheep and flock in Hebrew, giving biblical and contemporary examples. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Let me give you another text, you know, due to the fact that I consider it important, but, you know, we historicize. Like what is Israel, for many people, is the actual state of Israel and the Jews that are in it, and they rule it, that's Israel. Well, I don't see this in the New Covenant, I read you Ezekiel, but I can read you Jeremiah also, where you have a parallel statement. And this is very important to remember in chapter 31, about the new covenant, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Okay? Whether Israel is first and Judah after, it is important, but that's not my important point. When you read the rest of the text, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord, but this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days. The text moved from the house of Israel and the house of Judah to the house of Israel. And this is prepared for, and I discussed this in my commentary of Jeremiah, that the preparation for these verses that I read about the New Covenant that starts with verse 31, are preceded with a full chapter where the address is very clearly to Israel proper, which is the Northern Kingdom. Just listen quickly. At that time, this is thirty-one-one. at that time, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Okay, verse 4, again I will build you, and you shall be built, O virgin Israel. Six, in the hill country of Ephraim. So the whole chapter, is technically speaking, addressed to Israel, Ephraim, the north. And then in verse 15, thus says the Lord, a voice is heard in drama, lamentation, and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. And remember, Rachel is the mother of Joseph and Benjamin, at the end, more specifically Joseph. Later, I have heard, Ephraim be is Ephraim my dear son, and so on and so forth. So the whole text is imbued with the idea that Judah will join Ephraim. But the leaders of Judah in the times of Paul wanted to reverse this by imposing the connotation of Judaism. Remember, Judahite means a citizen of Judah. You cannot play games on that. Jew is a silly word in English and French, Juif. It's like church, it doesn't reflect the original. We need to recoin these words. Jew is the Jews of history, how they developed the way the Christians developed. I mean, there are no reference for the Bible for me. But we all do that. Like whether they say it or behave, it's obvious that the reference for the Bible for the Orthodox is Orthodoxy, for Catholicism is Catholicism, for Anglicans, Anglicanism, for Lutheran, Lutherans, Lutherans, and so on. And we know that! A classic story you heard in the previous podcast, but I like to repeat it. My children went to Emmanuel Lutheran School, in the primary school, and one day I was chatting with the principal, who was very nice, and we had a good relationship. And I said, you know, in your bylaws, it's a little bit silly the way it's stated. Is that we give importance to religion and the Christian faith, and for us in the school, the only or sole reference is Scripture and the teachings of Luther. This is like our doxology, glory only to God the Father and also His Son. Now the Orthodox defend this theologically, but when I fail them with the statement of the Lutherans they make fun of them, how could be only and? But the honest, he said, Father Paul, we can't help it. We are bound by the Missouri Synod. And he smiled. See, you have to smile sometimes. You don't have to fight windmills. Just smile and point to the fact that there is something wrong in this statement. You can't have only and. Okay? Because the and begins to have the importance. Let's say the first people that will go down in the boats, in the sinking ship, are only women and children. Obviously, what you are stressing is women and children. You don't mean only but you stress only against the adult men. So the end has a function, you cannot just dismiss it. Anyway, I took this aside to show you, because in my estimation it's very important, that it lingers, that ultimately when you combine Judah and Israel, the product is called Israel, the house of Israel. Judah by itself is not comprehensive, but Israel itself could be either or. And I gave you enough texts. Okay, forty-five, seven and eight, which are important. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth, and to keep alive for you many survivors. Okay, he's addressing his brothers. Interesting here, is the word shereit that is found later in Isaiah more than once to refer to the remnant, remainder, which is reflective of the totality. Remember Ezekiel 37. God will bring the exiles out, but he will judge and destroy half of them, and those who will reach the mountain, it will be kol Yisrael Kulo. And you know my classic example. The army went to war, and 10,000 died, and the army came back winner. You look at what is always as a totality, hence the importance of flock. After the judgment, those who are saved are the remnant or the flock, and thus the totality. This is something you have to put in your mind and that's why in my classes of Hebrew I get frustrated when the people just go, you know, after the English, you know, sheep is all the way sheep, sheep, sheep. No! If you have the word son, I want you always to translate it as flock. Because in Hebrew it's a singular masculine noun. And that is important. And if the text wants to say sheep, then the text will say sheep. It's not the same thing. And it takes me so much time to speak with the Europeans who are never convinced of me, because for them the flock is the sheep. No! The sheep are not a flock, Unless there is a shepherd, which means the way the chicken is before the egg, the shepherd is before the sheep, but they don't like it. I was once in Bethlehem and the guy went for seven minutes, but whom is God choosing? You have to have a reality on earth that God chooses. No! The choice of God is a new creation, He makes it! before Paul set foot in Corinth you did not have pre-Christians you had harlots then Paul came then the flock of God came about and in it they were sheep can you repeat that after me? just repeat it the way I said it don't say it yourself now the funny thing is that in the Middle East people, not all of them because some of them were bred on English and French, you know, but understand that if you are in the mountains. That's how people talk. You don't need to go have a PhD in the matter. How could there be a flock if there are no sheep? They are airing sheep unto destruction, my father was an Aramean who was obeyed unto destruction. A sheep by itself is no more part of the flock and that's the power of the story when the shepherd leaves to go after that sheep to make it back a sheep that can survive within the flock. Why does he send him to stay with the other sheep a package with UPS or FedEx? Why? I'm explaining to you why. Because your understanding is silly that the sheep are before the flock. Okay? It's like I'm going to push this issue because I'm really sick and tired of Northern Europe and Northern America. Well, there were a couple that were married, and there were difficulties having children, and thus, they were not yet a family, they were a couple. Are you out of your mind? And then, they were granted a child, that fulfilled them and completed them and made them into a new reality that is a family. My dear friends, you hear this also on the TV shows and I have to take an anti-puking pill when I follow these. uh... Watch out! Otherwise, you're disrupting scripture because you're following a bunch of egos, whether Jews or Christians, it doesn't make any difference. The Ecclesia was created, made, planted, built by Paul in Corinth. A stone is still a stone, but a stone part of the building is a stone part of the building. And you're not going to allow a stone to say, I make the building. Because if a stone falls, it's not the end of the world, Unless it is the cornerstone, as Paul says in Ephesians, Paul is no dummy. But the cornerstone, unfortunately, is neither you, nor he, nor she, nor I. What do you mean? It's the same thing. It is not the same thing. That's why Jesus is the head of the body. He is not one of the organs of the body. And that's why in Colossians, the body comes out of the head. Hear it in Greek for heaven's sakes. Hear it in Greek. I mean, otherwise friends, we're not making sense. Here, let me go and get it to you in Greek, so that we can settle it. Ephesians and Colossians are very important to, I mean, the whole Bible, but these two passages, specifically in Greek, otherwise you're playing games. Now, you have two images, obviously, but architecturally, the cornerstone holds together the building, not any stone. In Colossians chapter 2, they have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinus. Which means, Paul is speaking about Something like the creation of Frankenstein. It doesn't matter. That's what he's saying. And the Greek is very powerful. u, Out of whom the whole body. The example that you can give in order to make the people understand what Paul is saying is to speak about the biology of the cell that is made out of a sperm and an ovum, an egg. We all know that, we learn. At the beginning you have one cell out of which comes everything. But you cannot say, well the head also comes. I'm not interested in biology. I'm saying the way you use biology to explain something you have to stick with the text that the whole body comes out of the head. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.